Welcome back to Just Fantasy Baseball, the official fantasy baseball podcast of Just Baseball Media. Did I just say baseball a million times? Yes. And that's all you're getting today. Today we're running through the first base rankings for fantasy baseball in 2023. It's a really fun position for fantasy because it's so incredibly loaded with talent, offensive talent that is. Um, the top 10 is is loaded. And, and just to give a brief overview of what we're going to be talking about today, right? First base, the top five at first base are kind of in their own little bucket where they're superstars. There's no real debate about, you know, where the first base rankings really should fall in the top five. Then after that, there's kind of a little drop off and we we drop down to like ADP 100 to 150. And there's another like, you know, there's more than five guys to discuss in that in that area. But um, we're only going to cover five today and we'll cover the rest in the next episode on Friday. But that's just kind of like a brief overview of what we're going to be talking about. Um, I didn't mention I'm Colby Olson. I'm joined by Clay Snowden, my other co-host. Um, what's going on, Clay? Not a whole lot, man. Just excited to to dive into these, especially after we talked about catchers. It's it's hard to get a top 10 first baseman. Like you could really fit some other guys in here. And um it it's another deep position. Yeah, first base is always a position for me where like you know, I'm not I'm not really going to go out of my way to grab like I don't really need to grab one of the top five guys at first base. Like I can I can wait and find some really, really good talent even outside of the top 10. Um, There's at least a few guys in this top 10 that I will definitely be targeting. But, you know, without further ado, I think we should just get right into it. Um, The first guy is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And and, you know, I think there's maybe a conversation that Freddie Freeman could be ranked number one. But Vladdy takes the spot for us. But he's quite a divisive player for me. And the reason for that is his one, his ADP is extremely high ADP, you know, number 12. You're likely going to either spend either a late first or an early second round pick to get Vladdy. Um, The other reason I consider him so divisive is because in 2021, he had such an incredible year. He had 48 home runs, 123 runs, 111 RBIs, a 290 ISO, and he hit 311. Then we see him not fall off a cliff, but maybe fall off a cliff for a, a, a player of Vladdy's talent. He hit 32 home runs last year, didn't eclipse 100 runs or RBIs. His ISO fell to 205, which is crazy for a guy with Vladdy's power. And that's the reason I'm so concerned with Vladdy, because his ground ball percentage in 2021, 45%. He was hitting fly balls at a 36% rate. Then what do we see last year? He's hitting ground balls at a 52% rate. That is a crazy 7% increase in ground balls. And for a guy with Vladdy's power, that's the reason we saw him drop from 48 home runs to 32 home runs. Was there a, a baseball change as well that could have had some influence on that? Perhaps, right? His home run for, ply, for per fly ball rate fell a little bit. But for me, it's hard for me to want to invest in a player like Vladdy at such a high price when I don't know if he's going to be able to squash those ground ball concerns. If he does revert back to the 2021 batted ball profile, then yeah, maybe he's worth it. But right now, I think I want a player like a Mookie Betts or somebody with more speed that I don't have to stick at my first base slot only. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and he 
his fly ball to, or excuse me, home run to fly ball rate did dip a little bit. It's still over 20% for his career. Hard hit has been over 50% each of his, of the past three years. So, I mean, the guy still makes a ton of hard contact, right? A lot of it's going straight into the ground last year. As you mentioned, his home runs were down to 32 from 48 the year before. I think 2021 was um, not the standard of what he would be going forward. I think that was like, you know, 100% outcome type Vladdy. Um, Still a phenomenal player. I, I don't see him hitting 45 to 50 home runs every year if if these ground balls continue. See, I disagree, though. I think that that we should be seeing Vladdy hitting 50 home runs every single year. That's what the expectation for Vladdy should be. Because he show he showed that he did it, like he did do it. He hits the um his hard hit rates at fifty percent in that year in twenty twenty one. His wOBA was four nineteen. His ex wOBA was right there at four seventeen. Like it wasn't out of the question. It wasn't like some fluke season for him. It's just a matter of him hitting the ball in the air more. So, you know, I think Vlad, yeah, at the price for me is just a little too steep. And I agree. And that, as we said, you know, it's a deep position. If you wanted to. Skip on him. Um, you know, the number two guy on our list is somebody who I actually love, and that's Freddie Freeman, right? Slash 305, 407, 511 last year. Um, only struck out 14% of the time, a 157 WRC plus. It feels like a lot of people have been waiting for the whole like, okay, is Freddie Freeman gonna come down to earth? You know, change change of teams. Is that gonna do anything? Like, no. The last time his WRC plus was less than 130 was in 2012. Every year since then, he's been 30% or better than league average. Um, you'll, you know, he's going to hit around 30 home runs. Um, or he has hit around 30 home runs. 20 to 30 home runs is kind of where he typically falls, but he sprays the ball all over the field. Only a 36% pull rate. I mean, I just love the bats so much. Um, I I think I would take Fr- Freddie Freeman instead of Vlad. Not in the same, you know, like if it's, you know, the overall pick, I wouldn't draft him above him. But I would wait just a tiny bit and take Freddie Freeman instead of Vlad. It is interesting. I did a you know a full season best ball draft recently on on NFC, and like this is a pretty highly competitive group, right? Freddie went seventh overall. Vlad went tenth overall. So they people are are varied on how they view Freddie versus Vlad. Um, just to touch a little bit, you you pretty much covered Freddie. I mean, I think the big thing for Freddie is that he plays in the Dodgers lineup, and that Dodgers lineup is so incredibly loaded. And if Freddie's hitting, you know, second, third, fourth in that lineup, I mean, you know, 117 runs was one of some the most in baseball last year. 100 RBIs and. 13 stolen bases last year. That's something you're not going to be getting from many other first basemen, which makes Freddie that much more valuable. Um, and which is why it puts him kind of in that conversation with Vlad. So now we go to number three and you're stepping outside of the top, you know, 10, 15, um, to Pete Alonzo ranked number three, his ADP right now is around 20. Um, Pete's coming off of one heck of a year, 40 home runs, 131 RBIs, 95 runs, five stolen bases in there too. 271 average, very, very good. Um, at this point, I mean, this is pretty much what you come to expect from Pete. Like tons of RBIs, crazy home run power. Um, again, I think for me, drafting a first baseman 
in the first, you know, two to three rounds for me is, is tough because there's so many other needs that I need in those first three rounds. But Pete is as solid as it gets here. Yeah. He he's a monster. Everyone I think sees Pete Alonzo and just kind of envisions like, Oh, this guy must just strike out a bunch, right? Big power guy, right? He has had his K rate drop every single year of his career. Last year he hit, he had fantastic numbers off fastball, slider, sinker, curveball, changeup. He was hitting everything well. Um, he's really turning into a much better hitter than just some power bat in a lineup. I love him. I would love to have him on my team. I've never actually had him on a fantasy team before. This might be the year for, for, for me to go out and get Pete Alonzo. It could be. It could be. And then let's move on to number four because I think this guy might be my least favorite out of the top 10 right now, value-wise. Paul Goldschmidt comes in at number four, coming off of an incredible, incredible MVP season, which may vault him into the Hall of Fame. It might be what gets him in, which I'm so happy about. But it also was one of the luckiest MVP seasons I've ever seen. He led the league in the biggest difference between his actual Woba and expected Woba, right? It was 419 Woba, 367 x woba so there was a huge huge gap in in what you know the batted ball data was expecting him to do last year but at the same time this is a guy that hasn't hit less than 31 home runs since 2016 i mean he's been a machine just pumping out 35 home run seasons 100 runs 100 plus rbis every single year and seven steals but but he is entering his age 35 season. The hard hit rate was down a little bit last year. You know, there. I think it's fair to expect that coming off such an insanely not. I mean, it's it's so hard to call it lucky, but it was in essence a little bit lucky for Vladdy last year. And now his ADP is highest ever, ADP 28. I just don't feel comfortable taking him at ADP 28. And neither do I for most of the same re- reasons you just highlighted. You know, he's getting a little bit up there in age. Obviously, last year he showed that he can play at a high level. It's not that. It's to me, I don't I don't want to bank on the career year. That's the same reason why I'm probably going to be staying away from like a Dainsby Swanson or something. It's like those players that are coming off career years, like I don't want to draft them at the position where they will be getting drafted. A lot of people are going to fall in love with the idea of, oh, well, look what he did in 2021. The question should be, can he duplicate it in 2022 or reach another level? I don't think that there is another level for an MVP candidate like that in that season he put together. I expect those numbers to go down some. Like you said, I would rather draft a position that's not as deep than draft Paul Goldschmidt where he's getting drafted. Yeah, I mean, like, you look at the ADP and you look who who is around him. You can get Michael Harris at basically the same pick. This is a guy that's going to fill so many needs for you in the power department. I mean, he had 19 home runs in 114 games last year, 20 steals in 114 games. Like, Michael Harris is a legit 20-25 steal home run candidate next year, maybe 30, and he's going to hit almost 300. Um, So for me, I'm taking a guy like Michael Harris over a Goldschmidt you know, even though I know it's Harris, he's he's a 22 year old, but I just have to pick a guy that I'm has more upside, in my opinion. So number five, we move on to kind of filling out this top five because you move to Matt Olson here and he's kind of in his like own little world where, you know, Paul Goldschmidt 
and Vladdy, those top four, right? They span from number 12 to number 28 in ADP. Now you get to Matt Olson. His ADP is 45. And out of all of the top five, Matt Olson for me is the guy that I'm most interested in because when I look at his production, right, in, in 2021, 39 home runs, 101 runs, 111 RBIs, 271 average. Then last year, 34 home runs, 86 runs, 103 RBIs. The average was a little bit lower at 240, but I could see that picking back up again. He did strike out a little bit more than he has um, previously last year, but I don't see that as a, as a huge concern. What I do like about Matt Olson is you look at that production. How far off is Matt Olson production-wise from Pete Alonso? And they have a 20 to 25 difference in ADP. And for me, I'm all about taking value. And I find that the margin between Pete Alonso and Matt Olson isn't big enough for me to want to grab Pete over Matt Olson. Yeah, and he's a great hitter. 50% hard hit rate, 13% barrel rate. Um, he feasted on fastballs. I like Olson as well. I like the lineup that he's in. I, I don't see like a negative to drafting Matt Olson. Um, I don't know if I will do it just because there's some guys lower on this list that I think I'd, I'd rather have for their value. But drafting Matt Olson, I don't think it's a bad move. He's going to walk at about a 10, 10% clip. The strikeouts, they can kind of come and go. There's some years that have been higher than others. Um, I would expect anywhere from 22 to 26% in the K rate. Um, overall, yeah, I mean, Matt, Matt, Matt Olson's a you know top five first baseman. It's that simple. I mean, I, I think we forget, like, maybe we don't forget, but Matt Olson's been doing this for quite a while now. Like, yeah. we mentioned how many years Paul Goldschmidt has been hitting, you know, 30 to 35 home runs. The streak for Matt Olson is up there now, too. 34 last year, 39 before that year, then 14 and 60 games in that 2020 season, 36 and then 29. I mean, he has been insane. And then I didn't even mention he had 24 home runs in 59 games in his rookie year. What the hell was that? A yeah. 392 ISO? That's insane. Yeah, he was crazy that year. That I I got to go and look and and look at the highest ISOs over 216 plate appearances on on Stathead because that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. All right, we're getting off topic a little bit, but that that's just ridiculous. All right, let's move on to number six, because this is my favorite player, maybe in all of baseball. I think I might have decided that Vinny Pasquantino is my favorite player in all of baseball, maybe after Rafael Devers. But I am I've been on the Vinny P train since he was called up last season. Even before he was called up, we were preaching him last year as a guy to pick up in your league before he gets called up, because what did he do when he came up, Clay? He freaking raked. I mean, he didn't even skip a beat. It was like most prospects we see come up and like it takes, you know, 50, 100, sometimes 200 plate appearances before they really settle in and are comfortable at the major league level. Maybe their strikeout rates are higher. Vinny P was not that guy last year. He had an 11% K rate, a 12% walk rate. He had 10 home runs in 72 games and a 374 X Woba, a 365 Woba. He had 295. I mean, I'm going to do a little like blind tasting for you here because player a in this question, 14% K rate, 186 ISO, 48% hard hit rate and a 10% bail rate. Player B is Vinny, 11% K rate, 155 ISO, a 47% hard hit rate and a 9% bail rate. Who do you think player A is? Oh gosh, I have no idea. He's another first baseman and he was, his name was mentioned in this episode already. 
Um, Freddie Freeman. Freddie freaking Freeman. You're telling me that Vinny Pasquantino is striking out less than Freddie Freeman, hitting the ball just as hard as him, and actually have you know a lower ISO than him last year. But I see their power profiles being very, very similar. Yeah. Right. Vinny mashed at the minor league level last year, 18 home runs in 73 games. So I think there's no reason to believe that Vinny can hit 25 to 30 home runs at the major league level while hitting 300. I mean, this, this guy is he's hyped up through the roof right now, but I almost don't know if the hype is as crazy as it should be with him being drafted at ADP 93. Yeah, he is absolutely phenomenal. And a guy that I'm going to be targeting as well. Um, you know, I'm, I was looking at baseball savant and they do this thing where it's similar batters, right? And they compare profiles and they give you the year next to it and which batters. It's interesting. I'm not saying it's flawless, but here are the names that popped up. 2022 Freddie Freeman, similar batter. 2022 Jose Abreu, Alejandro Kirk, and Corey Seager were the similar batters in 2022. That just gives you a taste of what type of player he could be and what we've already seen, elite elite ability to get on base, not striking out, power, 295 average, 137 WRC plus. The sky's the limit for this guy. And if you're sitting at home and you're like, well, this guy was a rookie. He only did it in 200 plate appearances last year. Like, how can I really trust it? And all I'm going to tell you is guys that don't strike out and hit the ball hard and hit the ball in the air almost always make the adjustment to the major league level. Almost always. I don't question this profile at all, and I only see it getting better. So, yeah, for a guy that's going to be a rookie, he is worthy of a top 90 pick. I would argue he's worthy of a top 80 pick. I would even argue that he's worthy of a top 70 pick. So be aggressive in drafting Vinny Pasquantino because you do not want to wait till pick 90 and your friend snipes Vinny P from you because he listens to the Just Fantasy Baseball podcast. You do not want that to happen. Grab Vinny P ahead of his ADP. All right, let's move on to number seven because you mentioned him in players that are like Vinny P. It's Jose Abreu, the ageless, timeless Jose Abreu. This guy, year after year after year, is just continuing to put up a hard hit rate near 50%. He even struck out less last year, had a higher average. And now he moves from, you know, White Sox lineup that was pretty good. But now he moves over to an even sicker lineup with Houston. And he's going to be right there in the middle of that Houston Astros lineup, which I would expect an increase in run production. I would expect an increase in RBI production. The only question for Jose Abreu going into next year is, will the power come back? Because we saw a dip in ISO last year, 219 in 2021, an ISO of 300 in that shortened 2020 season, and actually an ISO of 219 in 2019. He hasn't had an ISO below 200 really ever in his career until this past year where he only hit 15 home runs and I saw 141. Um, I don't know if it really matters. Like if you're getting 20 home runs and a hundred plus runs in RBIs and a close to 300 average from Jose Abreu, I don't know if it really matters. And if you look at the batted ball data, the launch angle, exit velo, hard hit percent, barrel rate, all of that was about the same as his career numbers last year. The fly ball percentage was about the same. The thing that got chopped in half was the home run to fly ball percentage. I I don't see anything glaring that says, oh, man, th- this is going to be like Miguel Cabrera, where he just turns into like poking singles or something. You know what I mean? Like, no, I think there's reason to believe 
those home, home run numbers can come back for the 35-year-old who is the ageless wonder and now is in a much more exciting lineup, a better team overall. Like This is a player that, man, I have avoided the past two drafts because I just thought, is his age going to catch up with him eventually? I don't think it is. Well, I think I think like if you remember the last year, Jose Abreu was being taken, I think, around like ADP 50, ADP 60, somewhere in there. And now he's being taken ADP 103. I mean, you have an opportunity to take Jose Abreu outside the top 100. This is a guy for me. If I miss out on Vinny Pasquantino, I will gladly end up with Jose Abreu because at age 35, is he 36 now? I mean, like this guy, I don't care if he's 39, like he just keeps hitting the ball hard. And I can trust it at this point. So let's move on to number eight because we're getting to a guy that kind of does need to prove it again for me. But I believe that he is going to prove it. Christian Walker, maybe surprisingly for some listening, comes in at number eight because he's currently the 11th first baseman off the board, ADP 137. I love Christian Walker, he was a popular uh, waiver wire pickup for his last year, kind of a late bloomer onto the scene. I don't even think people realize that he did hit 29 home runs in 2019. Then what did he do this past year? He hit 36 home runs, drove in 94, hit 242. And the crazy thing was, it could have been an even better season for him. His Woba was 346. His expected Woba was 359. I have a list for you, Clay, and it's really intriguing to me. So here's a list of players with a K rate below 20%. We love guys that hit for power and strike out. Don't strike out, that is. And so it's K rate below 20% and an ISO above 230. The list is Jose Ramirez, Mookie Betts, Nolan Arenado, Jose Altuve, Pete Alonso, Albert Pujols last year, Jordan Alvarez, and Anthony Rizzo. You know who else is on that list? Christian Walker. That's the that's the list. I mean, every single one of those hitters is a star in the game. Is is a legitimate star and you can grab a guy like a like with a profile like Mookie Betts at ADP 137. Obviously, he's not going to have the steals, he's not going to have the average of a Mookie, but I expect an average higher than 242 that he hit last year. I'm out. I am not a fan of Christian Walker that this year. I know that you are, and 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 this is where the list is. You listen of... to that pitch and you're out. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am out because I don't think that he hit breaking balls well enough. And it that he he so he actually saw an increase in breaking balls to him by five percent from thirty to thirty five percent, and he did not hit all that well against them. The expected slugging was three eighty eight, and his actual slugging was. 430, I believe. And I I just see a chance, you know, 34% whiff rate there. I see no, no, a no. chance. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you because his slugging percentage was 477 and his expected slugging was 484. You gotta on come to me with balls. right numbers here, man. On on breaking balls. On breaking balls. All right. Well, hey, you mash fastballs, you mash fastballs. Yeah, maybe, but what if he sees even more breaking balls? I I just would rather go with a different player here. I'm not completely sold on him. I know that he was kind of a late bloomer, and he did play well last year. Again, I just don't know if he's going to duplicate it or not. And maybe it's not a hot take or whatever. Maybe it's just a gut feeling here, but I, I'm just not 100% sold on him. I, I, I guess around where he would be selected, it, it'll, it'll be worth it for some people. But we've talked about this list and how deep it is. 
I would just rather go for a different player than Christian Walker. And I think that the player right below him is actually somebody I would rather have than Christian Walker. Fair enough. I mean, it is sort of a hot take to put him at eight. I'll agree there. But, I mean, a guy that doesn't strike out, he hits the ball in the air, and he hits the ball hard. I mean, literally, what's the difference between the difference between him and Pete Alonso right now is a lineup change. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to number nine. Reese Hoskins comes in at number nine, and Reese has been the definition of consistency now. Although if you look at his rolling game splits, it's like so one of funny. the funniest things ever because he'll have 10 games where he absolutely sucks. He'll have 10 games where he goes off and it's just up and down and up and down and up and down. I mean, over a full season, it equalizes, right? So it doesn't really matter. The thing for Reese, and I know you love him, so I'll let you have the floor mostly on this one, but I do want to bring up that in 2021, he had 27 home runs in 107 games. That rate fell this past year. He had 30 home runs in a full slate, 150-something games played. The ISO did fall a lot. And also, his fly ball rate decreased a lot. His fly ball rate decreased by 9% last year without an average bump either. So for me, I would be much more invested in Reese Hoskins if if he showed me that he can hit the ball in the air more. Yeah, and to me, between these two and, you know, if we're talking eight or nine or nine or eight, it doesn't truly matter, right? They're pretty comparable in my in my opinion. But Reese Hoskins has done it consistently for a longer period of time. I think the low of Reese Hoskins will not be as low as the low as Christian Walker. I think he's in a better overall lineup, a, a lineup that's, I, I, I don't know if the ceilings, you know, Corbin Carroll, how good is he going to be? You know, there there's a lot of, of fluctuating there, but Reese Hoskins to me, he's going to come in. He's going to get 25 to 30 home runs. He's going to walk a decent amount. The strikeouts, you know, I'm a little bit concerned there. They're not egregious or anything, but I would bet that Reese Hoskins has a better year than Christian Walker. I would not take that bet. I mean, like, oh, let's I would make take a that bet, bet on it off the air. No, off no the air, we can on, bet on it. On but the, the thing that I'm so concerned about with Reese Hoskins is like, like I said, with 2021, he was hitting the ball in the air a ton. ISO of 283. This past year, it dipped to 216 because he wasn't hitting the ball in the air as much, right? And the average didn't improve. That's the problem for me. Like, say Reese was hitting 275 instead of the 246 he did last year. I think I would like the profile a lot more, but if I can't, if I can't trust him to hit 270 with decreased power, I don't know if I really do like the profile more than Christian Walker. That's my only problem. And you're getting Christian Walker cheaper. Reese yeah. is going right around ADP, what, 105, 120. All right. So he's going 20 slots ahead of Walker, but it's a it's divisive. I mean, you can take either player and I think you're fine, but yeah. I really love the value of Christian Walker. All right, let's get to number 10. Let's wrap it up. Because it's just so tough making a top 10 first baseman's list because there's about, you know, five or six guys after Ryan Mountcastle who comes in at number 10 that could be deserving of this number 10 spot. But there's a big reason why I have Ryan Mountcastle where I do because the dude was, I talked about it before with Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt was one of the luckiest players in baseball. He had the biggest difference between his actual Woba and expected Woba. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, Ryan Mountcastle 
had the biggest difference between his actual WOBA and ex-WOBA on the low end. So his WOBA was 316. His expected WOBA was 360. I mean, it was an absolutely crazy difference. All I want to say is whoever decided to move the left field wall back in Camden Yards, I hope they stub their toe today and maybe every day for the rest of the year because that was one of the cruelest things anyone has ever done to my poor guy, Ryan Mountcastle. His 22 home runs last year were, I mean, it's great, but he had 27.6 expected home runs by baseball savant. That was the third biggest difference. I mean, there are so there's such a case to be made that Ryan Mountcastle was one of the unluckiest players in baseball last year, and I'm willing to bet that he improves on that this year. Hard hit rate near 50%. You know, it, what do you, do you like this? I like him as a player a lot. I'm not like totally sold on like, I, I think that there's other players that I'm going back and forth with for that number 10 spot. Um, I th- I think, you know, the lack of walking is just not great. I mean, I think it's. But that doesn't matter for, for most fantasy. Well, okay. Well, he, he doesn't hit for like a super high average. I mean, it's good enough. I just think overall, like how, how much higher is his ceiling? I could see him hit, being a guy who can just mash and hit a ton of, of home runs, but I could also see him, see him kind of being what he was this year, 20, 22 home runs with a mediocre slash line. And I don't know, man. I think that there's some other players I'd rather take at the 10 spot, but I'm not going to complain. If what he's do you not buy though? Because his expected slugging was almost a hundred points higher than his actual slugging. His expected batting average was 30 points higher than his 250 average. He hits the ball in the air a ton. His barrel rate of 15% is one of the highest in the game. 46% yeah. hard hit rate. I mean, it really is, for the profile, insane that he didn't hit better. He hit 33 home runs in 2021. There's, I, I don't see a reason why Ryan Mountcastle, except for that left field wall, couldn't hit 40 home runs. Yeah. But I think he <laughs> eclipses 30 this year. Move, moving that left field wall is just... Trey Mancini was so happy to get out of town, man. He was just so happy once they moved that wall back. One final point on Ryan Mountcastle is that his ADP right now is 160. You're getting him as the 15th first baseman off the board, and I have him at 10, and I'm confident in his ranking at 10. Like I really do think he's the 10th ranked first baseman for me, and you're getting him ahead of a lot or behind a lot of other guys. So for me, the value on Ryan Mountcastle is really, really great. And that's the reason I love him on top of the fact that I see him having a huge bounce back here because he was just so unlucky last year. All right, that'll do it. Just Fantasy Baseball. We're bringing you next episode all the rest of the first baseman because there's still a ton of guys. A ton of them. Thank you for listening, everybody. 